You are about to listen to The Millionaire's Word, brought to you by the Wonder Cathedral of Action Chapel International, Adenta Branch. This message will equip the contemporary Christian with nuggets of wisdom for today's world. Stay tuned and God bless you. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless God this morning. We acknowledge the presence of His Eminence, the Archbishop, our Grandpapa, the Abemus himself. Please, let's appreciate him. Let's appreciate him. He, 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 his obedience has brought us together. We also want to salute our sitting Bishop, His Lordship, the Senior Bishop, Isaac Climode. Oh, if you are clapping, clap. Let's, let's appreciate our own. Amen. 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 This morning, I want to share God's mind with you briefly. Shall we please share a word of prayer? Gracious Father, we honor you. We thank you for your faithfulness. Indeed, your faithfulness has brought us this far. We acknowledge your mercies. We acknowledge your mighty hand that is at work in our lives. We have gathered unto you and you alone. Spirit of God, come and have your way. We speak liberty into the realms of the Spirit. We plead the blood of Calvary's cross. Let the blood speak for us this morning. Holy Spirit, grant us understanding hearts. Open our spiritual ears. May we be blessed this morning. Let the name of Jesus Christ alone be glorified. We thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Oh, your, your amen is very weak. Amen. God is good. And all the time, he is a good God. I salute all the men and women of God in the house. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the previous weeks, uh, we've had the uh, singular honor of sitting under the leadership of his lordship, the senior bishop, Isaac Limold. And uh, we looked at the subject of retracing the path of the fathers. Um, we had an elaborate teaching, and I pray that you caught something out of that. But we talked about the, the promise of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We talked about their faith. We talked about their attitude. And then we also looked at the fact that they had the call. Okay, they had the call. And that call necessitated a certain separation from the things that are not of God. And of course, their acquisition of knowledge and power. Uh, Senior Bishop spoke about the difference between inheritance and blessing. And uh, I remember he made mention of ejapadie and ejapadie. And what you, you inherit and what you work for. And then we came to the place of Haran, which is a place of divine revelation. He spoke about Bethel, a place of a divine encounter. And he also mentioned Hebron, a place of community. And the last but not the least, he mentioned Bathsheba, a place of transformation and manifestation. And uh, when he mentioned to me that he wants me to preach, as I went into prayer, Holy Spirit dropped a word into my spirit. And the word I heard was discipleship. Discipleship. 
I heard it so clearly. And so I want to go with you this morning on a short journey of the revelation I had. And the understanding is that when God called Abraham, Abraham was in a place of idol worshippers. And so as God began the journey with him, and as he went along, God was discipling him, teaching him how to follow him as Yahweh and as Elohim. Because before then, before his encounter with God, all he knew was the worship of idols. And so God had to take him through a certain journey to disciple him so that he will know how to walk with God. And if you look at the issue of a promise, faith, um, attitude, a call, separation, acquisition of power, a place of divine encounter and revelation, it all describes who a disciple is and what a disciple does. Now, when you look at the story of Isaac, in retracing the steps of his father Abraham, Isaac was discipling himself. And we can say the same for Jacob. In fact, in Genesis 26, the Bible says that and Isaac went to redig his father's wells that had been sealed up. And so it is important for us to make that unique connection. Okay? And not just get excited over the story, but there is a critical lesson we must speak. There's a critical revelation we must connect to to bring us to a certain place of a manifestation. And so, in appreciating the story of Jacob, who moved from Haran, a place of divine revelation, to Bethel, a place of divine encounter, to Hebron, a place of divine community, and to Bathsheba, a place of divine transformation, we appreciate the fact that within this journey, God was discipling him. Even though his experience is different from Abraham, who God discipled directly, we can connect to it. What, what, what is the link between us and them? Now, a lot of us have been following men of God we've never met physically. True or false? I mean, go to social media. I mean, there are videos of Archbishop Benson Idahosa. We've not met him personally. But as we keep listening to his preaching, there is a certain impartation and influence over our lives. That is a form of discipleship. We listen to people like Miles Monroe. That is a certain form of discipleship experience. Now, a lot of people are following Apostle Selma. And that is a unique experience. So you can follow someone even though you have not met him physically and the person's life impacts you in a certain way or the other. The books we read of people has an impact on us. But even more critical 
is the fact that when you look at scripture, Jesus' call to you and I is a call to discipleship. It is a call that we will follow him and imitate him. In the simplest way of definition, a disciple is a follower or a learner or an apprentice. And that is exactly what God has called us into. As I was doing my research, I asked myself that in my dispensation, what is God doing? What is God's mindset for you and I? In the 21st century, what is God's mindset? And Holy Ghost took me to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Let's look at it. It is so critical that we make this connection. It will help our work with God. It says that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so if there's one thing God is doing is to conform you and I into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That is God's ultimate plan for you and I. That we become Christ-like. We become Christ-like. It's not about just coming to church. And as I, as I, as I caught this revelation, another question came to my mind. That if Jesus should come to his church now, how many people will he find looking like him? If Jesus should come now, how are we looking like him? There is a promise. We must respond in faith. But there is also an attitude we must have. There is an attitude you and I must have. Now, there is a problem. There is a problem. Now, aside this scripture, you will appreciate the fact that when Jesus was on earth, he had disciples. Do you know that Jesus never called anybody to be a Christian. Search the Bible. Jesus' call was for disciples. People who will follow him. The word disciple and its associating words occur 273 times in the New Testament. 273 times. The word Christian appears in the Bible three times. Twice in the book of Acts and once in 1 Peter. And so the dominating word you will find is disciple. But there is a problem. The problem is that a lot of us don't connect our Christianity 
to being disciples of Christ. And simply because when it comes to Christianity, the first thing we, when we meet people, we ask them is that, are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? Now, salvation is free because it's a work of grace. We like that one because it doesn't make any demand on us. It's free. But if you're a disciple, it comes with cost and commitment. And that is why in the 21st century church, there is a disconnect. We see ourselves more as Christians, but not as disciples. Whereas in the Bible, emphasis is on disciples, not Christians. The word Christian only means little Christ or smaller Christ. And so what we are supposed to be, we have made it a title. But as to whether we are is another question. Do you think it is a mean thing? Is it a little thing for somebody to walk 500 miles on foot to a place they don't know? 500 miles. Not on a camel, on foot. How many of us will survive such a demand? In our time, it's yenyane falaha. And we are joking with it. Listen, appreciate the fact that God calls you first and foremost to be his disciple. Not as a Christian. We are disciples first. And so in the book of Acts chapter 11 verse 26. Give me Acts 11 26. Acts 11 26. It says, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. The disciples were first. So before they were called Christians, they were disciples. And that is the call on each one of us. Just like the patriarchs had their call, they responded in faith. But they also had an attitude. They responded in faith, but also walked a separated life, seeking knowledge and power from God. It is our turn. And if we want to gain mastery and come into that glorious covenant, our attitude must be the same. You can't do a different thing expecting the result of somebody else. It doesn't work. As we retrace the path of the fathers, we must learn the lessons and be ready to make the sacrifices. And that is the challenge of today's church. We are okay dressing nicely and coming to church. But we have a problem committing 
ourselves to the things of God. That is not the way of a disciple. You cannot have a salvation without obedience to God. You cannot claim to be part of God's house without settling the lordship of Jesus Christ over your life. He is not only our savior. He is our Lord and our master. He is the king over our lives. And that must reflect. You know, it's a frightful thought to ask yourself that, hey, today, if Jesus comes to his church, how am I looking like him? For those he foreknew, he's conforming them into the image of Christ Jesus. That is God's ultimate agenda for you and I. How are we looking like him? How are we looking like him? In the New Testament, the same thing. People were called to be disciples. They were called to be disciples, not Christians. And the disciple, according to the Jewish understanding, is not just about a learner or a follower or an apprentice. But it's about someone who is ready to lay his life down and deny everything else and follow his master. Beloved, if we fail to make the connection, we will only be playing church. And it won't help as much. That is the problem we have in today's church. Look at the sacrifice Abraham made. When I read the story of Abraham, I said to myself, there was no way God was going to withhold his son Jesus from dying for us. If a man can be willing to sacrifice his only son, what sacrifices are we making to the house of God? Christianity is not just about coming to church Sunday after Sunday. No. Beloved, you must find something to do in the house of God. The lordship of Christ over your life must be clear. And it has nothing to do with coming to church on Sunday. Unless he is only the Lord of your Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you are in charge. It doesn't work. And that is the problem we are having in today's church. However, I feel very uncomfortable in my spirit. Because our salvation is nearer in our time. Ghana card is a good example. Very soon, it will be the only card. Your bio data is on it, including your eye print. Gradually, we are itching towards the days of the Antichrist. So systems are being put in place. 
Without that card, you cannot access your bank account. You can't make calls. Your everything is centered around it. And I keep saying, by the time the Antichrist will appear on the scene, he's not coming to install any system. The systems would have been in place. And then he would just introduce the 666. We are getting there. Prophecy is being unfolded right before our eyes. Our Christianity cannot be as it used to be. The lukewarmness is too much. Our disconnection from the things of God is too much. Commitment in the church is at ground zero. Ground zero. It's a problem. But guess what? Scripture said it. He said, in the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. That is what we are seeing. But beloved, you must, make, you must wake up. You must wake up. Our salvation is free, but it's not. Jesus dying for you and I, he bought us. He bought us. He has bought you and I. Therefore, we are no longer of ourselves. We belong to him. His lordship over us is absolute. And so if you say you belong to him, then it must be real. It must be real. Each of us sitting here has an assignment. There is a certain grace over you. God is expecting you to use that grace to advance his church. And guess what? You are sitting on it. So how are you fulfilling his calling? If Abraham failed, if Isaac failed, if Jacob failed, they wouldn't have been our example. How are you fulfilling your call? Think about it. Ask yourself and find an answer to it. Find an answer to it. We must have a certain attitude. You see, you must have a certain attitude. Uh, it is said that attitude is everything. Your attitude will determine your altitude. We must have a certain attitude. A disciple of Christ is ready to lay down his life for the cause of Christ. A disciple of Christ has the lordship of Christ in his life settled. A disciple of Christ is willing to commit that which God has given to you. The Bible says that we should not frustrate the grace of God. Don't frustrate the grace of God. There is a grace over your life. Generations are waiting to see the manifestation of you. But unless you wake up and rise to the task, nothing will happen. There are those who have concluded that, hey, 
I'm, 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 I'm 55 years old. I'm 55 years old. I'm old. And so it doesn't matter what. My days are gone. Lord, have mercy. I said, Lord, have mercy. If you believe you have a God who can use you in your old age, you will wake up. One of the things I have told myself not to fall into is to become old as an old man and become a cabbage. No, it won't happen. It won't happen. As you exercise your mind continuously, it energizes you. Sometimes I ask myself, why is it that you see a neurosurgeon, you see a medical doctor, aged, you see a scientist, gray and old, but they are still working. Why? Because they constantly engage their minds. Hardly do they suffer from dementia. But when you fail to exercise that grace, it becomes rusty. It becomes rusty. And Satan will tell you, hey, your game is over. And you sit at the back of the bench and you do nothing. It is a lie of the devil. If you're a young man and a young lady here, I challenge you. Rise up to what God has called you to do. There is a responsibility on your life. There is a calling on your life. And when we talk about calling, it's not necessarily to come and preach. Don't get it twisted. There is a fivefold ministry. An apostle, evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, and a pastor. If you are called into that, praise the Lord. But each of us here has a certain gift you can use to advance the kingdom of God. Mr. and Mrs. Kwapong have been counselors for many years and they are impacting lives. How many of us know about it? Very few. But they are doing their work. And guess what? Come that day, God will honor them with their crown. God will honor them with their crown. He who sees in secret Please, let's, let's not play church. Let's not play church. It won't help us. Do you know, as you're sitting here now, there are angels who have taken record of you that on this day of February, you were in church. There is the book of life, but there are also other books that bears each one of us our record. So when you get to heaven, if you are called Adrian Mansan on earth, guess what? It is Adrian Mansan there. Not Kwisiata. God is taking account of everything we are doing. If you are a Quarista and you are Mucho Mujo, you are not doing anybody. It is you. If you're an usher 
and we see you only on Sunday. How? You, you know, God gave me a revelation as I was counseling a young couple the other day. And he said that when a partner cheats, usually we say that the person has cheated on the other partner. But no, that is not the real picture. You have cheated on God. Your partner did not institute marriage. The marriage covenant, first of all, is with God. But sometimes when we have an understanding that is not complete, we get it wrong. When you cheat, you think you are cheating on your partner. Oh, really? <laughs> you are so wrong. It is God you are cheating on. And it is God who will deal with you. So get it right. That whatever you are doing in the house of God, it is unto God. And that is what disciples must do. That is what disciples must do. Yesterday there was a funeral. And I'm happy tribe members attended. Listen, if you read Ephesians 4, 11 downwards, the work of a ministry is not for the pastor. It is not. It is for the church. We are to support one another. And guess what? That is somebody's call. That is somebody's call. Supporting one another. The pastorate should have time to study the word and pray. Administration should be done by church members. There are a lot of people in church gifted, gifted with all kinds of things. We have sold it to Mammon. And we come to church and sit and do nothing. It is an error. Say 2022. I will rise up to take up my discipleship. Or say it was say 2022. I will rise up to take up my discipleship in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There are days to preach exciting messages and shout, hey! That is okay. But there are days you must hear as it is and use it to check yourself. I don't know, but personally, um, I think that life is a serious stuff. Life is a Listen, we, we, the journey is long, but it's short. It's long, but it is short. How many years are you living? How many? What if God graces you 90 something? Even now, we are not getting there. So we don't have time. We don't have time. We don't. I pray, those of you who have children, train your children. Let them catch it. Let them catch it early because Satan is messing them up with all kinds of things. Social media is affecting our children as early as seven, eight years. 
We can't sit and not do anything about it. The reasoning capacity of a 10-year-old now is like someone who is 15 years, some years back. They decode things very quickly. And so we must catch them early. Train them early. Put them on the path early. So the devil doesn't steal them. Are you here with me? Or you are gone home? You are here. Let me read a couple of things to you. And then I'll be done. Now, I looked out for the meaning of who a disciple is. And I was shocked at some of the things I came, I came across. Now, the word disciple is from the Greek word matetes. Matetes. And it's the word from which we get math, mathematics. And it says that a matetes is literally a learner. Indicating thought accompanied by endeavor or effort. So as you come to church and you hear God's word, you think about it. You engage the word of God and see how it applies to your life. We are not, excuse me to say, some zombies who just come here and go. We are to engage our thought and then our effort. So when I come to church and I hear that prayer is good, it will build me up. I think about my prayer life. How is my prayer life going? You are hearing about discipleship. Ask yourself, how am I a disciple of Christ? How does that reflect in my Christianity? Discipleship is about doing spiritual mathematics. We just don't hear and go away. But it's even more. There's more. There's more to it. Now, from the lexical aid to the New Testament, it's a book. It says that disciple means more in the New Testament than a mere learner. It means an adherent who accepts the instruction given to him and makes it his rule of conduct. An adherent who accepts the instruction given to him and makes it his rule of conduct. He makes it his rule of conduct. And so the word of God must rule our lives. That is who a disciple is. Is the word of God ruling your life? Or you are ruling your own thing? The word of God must rule our lives. Hallelujah. Now another definition says that disciple implies a relationship to a teacher. It says the destiny of the disciple is bound up 
with his teacher is bound up. This is what freaks me out. He says that a unique aspect of New Testament discipleship is that his teaching has force. The teaching of Christ has force. He has force. Only when there is first a commitment to his person. The teaching of Jesus. Oh, senior bishop is in the house. Let's appreciate him. Let's acknowledge him. He says that, you see, in other words, this is what they are saying. That my discipleship is only effective when first of all, I have accepted the person of Christ. When first of all, I have accepted him as my Lord and personal Savior. When I have accepted him as the boss over my life. Sometimes we say that he is our Savior and it ends there. But Jesus cannot just be your Savior when he's not your Lord. He cannot just be your Savior when he is not the master over your life. We must be willing to accept him and commit to him. We must commit to him. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. We must commit to him. Following Jesus as a disciple means the unconditional sacrifice of the whole life for the whole of life. <laughs> Our whole life must be committed to him for the whole of our life. Your education, your marriage, your finances, your investment, whatever must be committed to him for the whole of your life. That is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. It is not only your coming to church. How are your finances committed to him? How is your business committed to him? Who is in charge of your investment? Who is in charge of your marriage? The other day somebody said that because we want our marriages to work, we want our businesses to work, we surrender those ones. But when it comes to our money, we are in charge. There was an interesting cartoon I, I, I encountered of a man who was being baptized for the first time. And the pastor told him, Johnny, from today, whatever goes under the water, and comes out, belongs to Christ Jesus. And then Johnny sticks his hand into his pocket, removes his dollars, lifts it up, and his hand is above the water. The whole of our lives must be committed to him for as long as we live. That is the story of the patriarchs. That is the story of Abraham. That is the story of Isaac. And that is the story of Jacob. And I pray that that will be your story. 2022. You will rise up 
as a true disciple of Christ. You will rise up to answer to that call. The promises God has given that we will respond in true faith. That we will rise up to have the requisite attitudes. Be willing to separate ourselves from the things of the world. He says, come out and be ye separate. This was what gave the patriarchs their success of which we read today. Tomorrow, what story is posterity going to hear about you and I? How did we serve God well? How did we respond to our call? How did we respond to the promises of God? The promises of, listen, this generation, eh, we have a lot to answer for. We have a lot to answer for. To whom much is given, much will be required. People died to get the scriptures ready for you and I. And we are not treating it with any respect. How many of us came with the Bible? How many of us came with the Bible? You are in church. You are in church. How many of us came with the Bible? Why? Because it will be projected. That's what we say, isn't it? But it's the same attitude we have at home. We don't study it. We, don't, we, we do nothing with it. How can you be an effective disciple? Jacob was sleeping on the background with rocks as his pillow. That is the cost. But guess what? At the end of the day, he caught a revelation of heaven. With God standing above the staircase, angels ascending and descending. Until we are willing to make the sacrifice, until we are willing to pay and bear the price for the upward call, nothing happens. We remain at the ground. But God forbid. May the all-sufficient grace of God. May the all-empowering grace of God. May the all-enabling grace of God. Quicken you and I. That we will rise up. And take our place. As the disciples of Christ. In the 21st century. May posterity hear our story. And say that. Ah. This generation. Is worth following in the name of Jesus. And the Spirit of God help us that we will not fail God. We will not frustrate the grace of God, but we will rise up and become what God has purposed for you and I. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. I have some two minutes. Shall we please be up on our feet? We want to just say a short prayer. 
And let the Holy Spirit help us. Let the Spirit of God help us. The Spirit of God help us. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You have called us. You have called us. Say in the name of Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. Shout in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, I have heard your word. I thank you. You care about me. You continue to remind me of your calling. Today, I rise up in your power. I rise up to take my place in your kingdom. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Quicken me. Empower me. Whatever is a hold over my life right now let it break let it break let it break say i arise in the power of the holy ghost say oh lord arise on my behalf quicken me one more time this is action chapel international wonder cathedral adenta the millionaire's church kindly visit us this and every sunday for any of our two services our early morning service is from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And the second service, which is a Chi and English service, is from 9.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. You may locate us on the Dodua Road, 200 meters from the Adenta Barrier, opposite the Puma Filling Station. For prayer counseling and further inquiries, please reach us on 0244 or 244